Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Today's the best day of the year. Let me tell you how my morning started, and then we'll get to, we'll get to some scripture here. Um, I was on the way here this morning about 7 o'clock. I left Denton, headed this way on Farmer Denton Road. Anybody know where that's at? Of course you do. Residence, residence on Farmer Den Road, residence. Uh, and on the way here, I was listening to some music, had my earphones in, just listening to some music, thinking about today, thinking about this morning, and I started sniffing and some water started coming from my eyes, and I'm thinking, oh, today's a good day. As I drove to McDonald's, they tried to ruin it by being out of ketchup. How McDonald's does not have one pack of ketchup laying on the floor somewhere? Have you ever been to McDonald's and not seen a pack of ketchup laying somewhere on the floor? No. They didn't have no ketchup. They tried to ruin it. I got to the spot where I pay, and the girl asked me, she said, how are you doing today? I said, I'm okay. And then I said, no, I'm not. I said, I'm great. She said, why are you great? I said, because today's Easter. Today's the best day of the year. Today's the day that we celebrate a life that was supposed to be in, in, supposed to have been ended 2,000 years ago, but did not end 2,000 years ago because three days later he rose from the grave for me and you. And that girl said, I know, it's wonderful, ain't it? I said, yes, it is. It's going to be a good day. And then it was the, at the second window when they told me they didn't have any ketchup and they tried to ruin my day. But they paid it forward because every time I go there, they give me three packs. I only use two, so I had some extra packs in my desk in my office, so we were okay. Um, so today is a good day. I love today. Let me tell you what we're going to do today. I've got a short message for you today. It's not going to be long because I realize that every restaurant in town is going to be crowded, and we want to get there before everybody else. Amen? You can say amen. It's okay. I'm not going to be mad at you. Um, so i got a short message for you today. We're going back to the book of Genesis. Um, we have been preaching through, I've been preaching through the book of Genesis since January, the first week of January. We started in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, we started how God created everything. The following week we talked about how the fall of man, Adam and Eve, sin, the apple, the serpent, all that stuff. We've worked our way through Genesis from January all the way to today. Today we're going to end our time in Genesis um, and you may be thinking, what in the world does Genesis have to do with Easter? And I'm going to tell you in about 12 minutes, I'm going to show you exactly what it's got to do with Easter. And um, when I first, back in January, when I first had the idea of preaching through the book of Genesis, one, I didn't know it would last this long. I knew there's 50 chapters in Genesis, and I'm, obviously we didn't do chapter by chapter. Uh, we just kind of hit the big points as we went. Um, because I didn't think it would last all the way till Easter Sunday. And then a couple of weeks ago when I started planning ahead, I was looking at Genesis 48 and Genesis 49 and Genesis 50. And I come to Genesis 49 and I'm thinking, oh man, 
If we could wait to get to Easter Sunday for Genesis 49, it would be amazing. And somehow the Lord worked it all out. And today we will be in Genesis chapter 49. Let me recap what we talked about last week, uh, two weeks ago with Joseph. Everybody remember Joseph? Remember I gave you the Michael Jernigan version of Joseph's, Joseph's life. Uh, his brothers threw him in a pit. They ended up selling him into slavery. He went to Potiphar's house. Uh, Potiphar's wife set him up. She thought he was kind of fine. She thought he was kind of fly and wanted to hook up with him. And he said, I ain't, I ain't messing with you. You're Potiphar's wife. That's not how I roll. She had him thrown in jail. Uh, he met two guys in jail, interpreted their dreams. One of them was a cupbearer. He got to go back and work for Pharaoh. And two years later, Pharaoh had a dream. And the cupbearer said, hey, I need to met this guy in prison. He may could help you out with this dream. So he called Joseph up. Joseph interpreted his dream, told him there's going to be seven good years of food, then there's going to be seven years of famine, seven bad years of food, uh, and that's exactly what happened. So in those first good seven years, Joseph stored up a whole bunch of food and a whole bunch of grain so that during the seven bad years of food, they had plenty of food to eat during the seven bad years. During that time, his brothers, they didn't have no food, and his dad, Jacob, so they come to him wanting food. He eventually showed them, hey, I'm your brother. It's me, Joseph, the one you sold into slavery years ago. That's me. Surprise. I'm still alive. Uh, not only am I still alive, but I'm going to help you. And so Pharaoh, because Joseph was such a good person and because God favored Joseph, Pharaoh allowed Joseph and all of his family, all of his brothers and his dad, Jacob, to move into Egypt, gave them their own plot of land. So that way they had food to eat and a place to live in Egypt. And that's what we, where we ended up with uh, talking about Joseph a couple of weeks ago. Today, we're going to look at the very end of Jacob's life. In chapter 49 in Genesis, at this point, uh, Joseph has two sons. He's got a son named Manasseh and a son named Ephraim. Manasseh and Ephraim. They're just a couple baby names if we need them. Can I tell them what our baby names are? Can we take a vote? Okay, y'all. We're going to take an Easter vote. We don't know if we're having a boy or a girl. We're going to do this quick because I told you it's going to be a short message. We don't know if we're having a boy or a girl, so we've got two or three names picked out for both. Here's what we got, okay? If you don't like the one that I picked out, don't vote. <laughs> got it? If it's a girl, we like the name Kendall, call her KJ. We like the name Jordan, call her JJ. Anybody remember the old TV show, JJ Dynamite? Anybody remember that? I remember. Okay. Uh, and then we, got, we like the name Anna Lee. Oh. Call her AJ. I like Kendall. Kendall's my favorite. If it's a boy, we've got two names picked out. We've got Jonah, JJ. And we've got, which is my favorite, Ace. Call, her, call him AJ. All right, so what's your favorite? Real quick, just yell it out. Anna. I thought you said Hannah. I'm like, Ed, there is no Hannah. <laughs> Anna Lee. Anna Lee and Jonah. Nobody likes Ace. Thank you. My man. My Thursday morning buddy right there, my man. Ace, thank you. I like Jordan too. I like Jordan for a girl but not a boy. I don't know why, but I just do. All right, anyway, back to the stuff. Okay, all right. So Joseph had two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. 
Uh, and in Genesis 49, Jacob is getting close to death. He's not there yet, but he's getting close. And so he meets, Jacob meets Joseph's sons, meets his grandsons for the very first time. So we're going to read that story. Genesis uh, 49, starting in verse 8, says this. When Israel, now let me say this. Anytime you see Israel mentioned here, that's Jacob. God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. So it says Israel, but it means Jacob. Got it? Sweet. Genesis 48, verse 8. When Israel saw the sons of Joseph, he asked, Who are these? They are sons of God. They are the sons God gave me here in Egypt, Joseph said to his father. Then Israel said, Bring them to me so I may bless them. Now Israel's eyes were failing because of old age, and he could hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons close to him, and his father kissed them and embraced them both. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again. Now God has allowed me to see your children too. Then Joseph removed them from Israel's knees and bowed down with his face to the ground. And Joseph took both of them, Ephraim on the right toward Israel's left hand and Manasseh on his left towards his right hand and brought them close to Jacob. Now get this picture, get this scene. Jacob is here. He can't see real well. He's meeting these two boys, meeting his grandsons for the very first time. He wants to bless them. So Joseph brings uh, Manasseh, the older son, to Jacob's right hand because in this culture, the right hand is where the blessing was. When a father blessed his sons and his grandsons, he did it with their right hand. Uh, remember a couple weeks ago we talked about Psalm 139 where David says God has placed his hand upon my head. That is the right hand of God. God, the, the blessing in this day was in the right hand. So Joseph brought Manasseh, the oldest son, to the right hand of um, Jacob. Then he brought Ephraim, the youngest son, to the left hand of Jacob. The left hand blessing was kind of like, yeah, you too. Right, like the older son got the right hand and he got the blessing of the father and of the grandfather. The left hand got like the middle child blessing where like it's not the favorite because the youngest child's the favorite, but it's not the, the most responsible one like the oldest child. He got the middle child blessing. Is anybody a middle child in here? You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You're not the favorite. You're not the most responsible. You're just kind of there. Like, uh, which was the middle Brady girl? Jan? Is that Jan? She was just kind of there. Everybody really loved Cindy. Everybody really loved Marsha. And Jan was just kind of there. So the right-hand blessing was the, was the big blessing. The left-hand blessing was kind of like, oh, yeah, you too. You can have a little, little whatever's left over. So Manasseh was brought to the right hand of Jacob because he was the oldest. Ephraim was brought to the left hand like, okay, you can have this little bit over here too. Question for you this morning. Why was Ephraim brought to the left hand and not to the right? Somebody answer me out loud. Why was Manasseh brought to the right hand? I just told you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just making sure you're listening because he was older. Imagine Ephraim going up to his dad, Joseph, and being like, Dad, why? Like, I get Manasseh's older. Manasseh gets the right hand. But why can't I have the right hand this time? Right? Like, I would like a bigger blessing than just kind of the leftover middle child blessing. Like, give me something bigger. And Joseph's response would simply be exactly what you just said. He's older. Sorry. 
basically Ephraim was left out here simply because he was born wrong, right? He just happened to be born second, and so he missed out on the big blessing from the right hand, and he got the little blessing of the left hand simply because he was born wrong. Does that make sense? Anybody like the youngest child in here? Born wrong, born wrong, born wrong. Not me. I'm the oldest and the youngest at the same time. And the middle at the same time. I'm more older than one. Can I give you some not so good news this morning? You ready? It doesn't matter if you're the oldest in your family or the youngest. You're born wrong today. Happy Easter. (laughs) We're all in here today. We're born wrong. We're all in here today. We find ourselves the same place Ephraim was. We are born wrong. Romans says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Because of Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, you and I today, thousands of years later, we are simply born wrong. We're born as sinners into a sinful world. We're born separated from God because we are born wrong. In two weeks or one week or one day or three days, however long it is, I'll be holding a brand new baby boy or girl in my hands and she or he will be wonderful. I will love that baby to death. Mom will love that baby to death. To me, if it's a girl, she'll probably get a free ticket straight to heaven. If it's a boy, he'll probably be like the starting point guard for the heels. Whatever happens, it happens. I don't know. But we'll be holding a baby boy, a baby boy or girl. And that baby boy or girl that I have in my hands in a couple of days or a couple of weeks is born wrong. That baby boy or girl is born with the spirit inside of them dead. That baby boy or girl that I will hold in my hands is born separated from God, is born as a sinner in a sinful world because of Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. We're all born wrong today. So why did Ephraim not get the big blessing? He was born wrong. What's our biggest problem in our life today? Your biggest problem in your life today is not your finances, is not the politicians, is not the school system, it's not your job. Your biggest problem today in your life is the fact that you are born wrong. Can I give you some good news? Then Easter happened. Then Easter happened. Let's keep reading. Genesis chapter 48, Genesis chapter 48, Uh, keep reading here, let's go back to verse 13, Genesis 48, 13 says this, and Joseph took both of them, Ephraim on his right hand towards Israel's left hand, and Manasseh on his left towards his right hand, and brought them close to him, but Israel reached out his right hand, and put it on Ephraim's head, though he was younger, And crossing his arms, he put his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the firstborn. Whoa. Did you guys get that? Did you see that? Stay still, y'all. Let me show you what happened. We got tape here. I can't just walk over here. We got the firstborn. 
on my right side. We got the one born wrong on my left side. They're brought to Jacob. Normally, Jacob would have blessed the oldest one with the right hand, and the little one would have got the one that was left over. However, here we see Jacob put his right hand on the one born wrong and cross his arms, come here, Kurt, and put his left hand on the one born right. So the one born wrong got the blessing. So that the one that was supposed to get the leftovers got the blessing. The one that was supposed to get the blessing, the one born right, the one born right, the one that's done the right stuff, the oldest one, he didn't get what he thought he was going to get. The one that shouldn't have got anything got everything that the one that should have got everything didn't get. Can you see it? Do you see Easter in Genesis 49? You and I today are born wrong. You and I today are born separated from God. But thank God for Easter Sunday morning. Because God crossed his arms again. And he has given you the one born wrong, the blessing that Jesus deserves. And the one that was born right, the perfect sinless sacrifice, he got what we should have got. But God crossed his arms and gave us everything that Jesus did right. And everything that we did wrong, guess where it went? It went to him. Happy Easter, my friends. You get what you do not deserve. Because God crossed his arms. Now, the interesting thing about this is Joseph's reaction to this. Joseph's reaction to this says this in Genesis 48, verse 17. When Joseph saw that his father... Placing his right hand on Ephraim's head, he was displeased. So he took hold of his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's. Whoa! Like, you don't do that junk. <laughs> like, you don't do that. Joseph had the gall to go and pick up his daddy's hand and say, no, 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 it's supposed to be over here. Jacob goes on to say, I know my son. Joseph says, whoa, my father, this ain't the way it's supposed to be. He's the oldest one. He's supposed to get the blessing. My father, Not so, my father, he says, it ain't supposed to be like this. What if I told you today the only thing stopping God from moving in your life is you living that Joseph mindset? What if I told you today the only thing stopping God from moving in your life is you saying, not so, my father. God has placed his hand on your head and has blessed you today. You can leave, walk out of these back doors today completely forgiven of your sins in your life with a pathway and a ticket to heaven. No, my, no, Dad, no, not so. You know how bad I've been? You must not know where I was at a couple weeks ago. You must not know what I've done back in the 80s. Forget the 80s. You don't know what I did back in the 70s. Nobody remembers what they did back in the 70s. (laughs) 
What if I told you today you could walk out of here with healing in your life? No, nope, not so. No, not so. God, God, couldn't, God can't do that. What if I told you you could walk out of here today with relationships, your relationships in your life restored, friendships restored? Not so. Nope. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Not so. You know what they did to me? You know what they said about me? There's no way we could fix this, this gap. There's no way we could fix this relationship. What if I told you today you could walk out of here with God's right hand laid upon your head? But too many times we say, no, it can't happen. Not so. Not so. There's no way God could do that. There's no way God would want to do that for me. Why would God want to do that for me? Don't you know me? Don't you know my family? You know where I'm from? I have a good friend of mine. I'll tell you who it is. It's Jacob Clapp. Jacob preached here a couple weeks ago. Jacob will be preaching here in a couple of weeks when we have our baby. Jacob is a great young man with the best head of hair I've ever seen in my life. When he's here in a couple weeks, tell him I said it. If I could take his hair and implant it on my head, I would rule the world. (laughs) TJ said, why don't I just grow my hair like that? Barrett, you want to take care of this? It won't grow like that, will it, Barrett? It don't happen now. No, happen. No. About three years ago, we were at youth camp. I was sitting in one of the, one of the downstairs room with, with Jacob, and we were just talking, talking about ministry, talking about camp, talking about students, talking about the Lord. We were just talking. And he said these words. He said, I've been praying lately, and I feel like God's calling me into ministry. I said, well, he may be. He may be. He said, but there's a problem. I said, what's the problem? He said, nobody in my family is a preacher. He said, you know my dad. I said, I know your dad. (laughs) Those of you that know his dad, you know what I'm talking about. I said, I know your dad. He said, nobody in my family is a preacher. Nobody comes from the claps and is preaching. I said, so what? My man Jacob didn't know it at the time, but he was living a Joseph life here where God was calling him into ministry, and he was saying, not so. It's not supposed to be like this. I'm not supposed to be a preacher like me. Yeah, because God crossed his arms. God crossed his arms, and he can call you and lead you to do things that you think you can't do, but you can do it because it's not you doing it. It's God doing it through you because God crossed his arms, because you have received the blessing of the Father in heaven, because God crossed his arms. But wait a minute, I'm born wrong. I'm born wrong. I'm born as a sinner. Yes, you are. Happy Easter, God crossed his arms, and you have received the blessing of the Father that should have been on the perfect sacrifice, sinless, spotless lamb of Jesus, but today we get that credit because of everything that Jesus did right. We get credit for why? Because God crossed his arms. What you and I need today, what the church needs today, 
is some people like Ephraim that will accept the blessings that God has placed on their life, that will accept what God did for them through the life, death, and resurrection of his son Jesus. Do not live a not-so life. Do not live a not-so life thinking that God cannot forgive, that God cannot bless, that God cannot lead, that God cannot heal, because God can, all because he crossed his arms. Can we be a people like Ephraim that will accept what God has done for us? You can walk out of those back doors today in 20 minutes, completely free, completely forgiven, made whole, made new, all because of the blessing of Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection. My question for you is, have you accepted it? Or... Are you living like Joseph with the not-so life? Are you Ephraim? Have you accepted God's blessing? Or are we living a not-so life? My challenge for you this Easter is to be Ephraim, to accept it. God did it for you. God sent his son Jesus to live, to die, to be resurrected for you. Do you believe it? Have you accepted it? Are you living it out? Because 2,000 years ago, God crossed his arms and placed his right hand of blessing on your head. Amen? Amen. That leads us to communion. We were going to take communion together. I love communion. Alex and I had a discussion about communion the other day, and we both agreed and said we don't think we do it enough, and we're going to make a commitment to do it more and to do it right and to do it real. Keisha is going to come around and give you the elements of communion. Let me talk to you a little bit before we partake um, and as she gives them out. These elements were prepared with sanitized hands and masked faces. Okay, they are as safe as possible. You will receive two cups. In one cup, there'll be a little bit of juice. In one cup, there'll be a cracker. Um, as she gives us out, I will explain to you how we're going to do it and what it's going to be and what it represents and all that good stuff. Keisha, you ready? Okay. Um, so when she comes by, just pick up one cup. We'll pick up two cups. One cup of cracker, one cup of juice. Here's what this is. Uh, last week, we talked about the Passover feast. We talked about back in Exodus, uh, during the ten plagues, the tenth plague uh, was the death of the firstborn and how God instructed the Israelites to pick a lamb on the tenth day, keep it to the fourteenth day, slaughter it, take the blood, put it on the doorpost on the top and the sides, and that night when the death of the firstborns take place, it will pass over their houses, that's why they call it the Passover, and um, good job, y'all. Evan, my man, they, the death will pass over the families that has the blood on the house. Not only did God instruct them to slaughter the lamb at that time and put the blood on their door frames, but he also gave them instructions about how to eat the lamb that they were to eat at the Passover feast. 
Fast forward to the Gospels. Last week was Palm Sunday. We see Jesus coming into Jerusalem. Everybody's shouting Hosanna, waving their palm branches, throwing their coats on the ground. Jesus was coming into uh, Jerusalem to celebrate that Passover feast that happened back in Exodus. And so you see at the upper room in the Gospels, Jesus and his disciples sitting together, partaking in this very meal that we're going to partake together 2,000 years ago, right before his arrest, uh, eventual death, and resurrection. So here's what you got. In one cup, you have a cracker. That body, that body, that cracker represents the body of Christ. Jesus told his disciples, when you take the bread, do this in remembrance of me. In a few minutes, when we all together at the same time eat that little cracker, I want to ask you and I want to challenge you to do that thinking about, remembering, being thankful for what took place 2,000 years ago on Friday. Think about, remember the body of Jesus Christ that was beaten and broken for you. You realize everything that Jesus ever did was for you, right? Jesus was born for you. Jesus walked on water for you. Jesus healed lepers for you. Jesus made the blind man see for you. Jesus made the lame man walk for you. Jesus was arrested for you. Jesus was beaten for you. Jesus was wore a crown of thorns for you. Jesus was nailed to the cross for you. Jesus hung on the cross for six hours for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus was placed in a tomb for you. Jesus rose from that death and come out of that tomb for you. Everything that you read in the Gospels about Jesus was all done for you. So as we take this cracker that represents the body of Jesus, do it in remembrance of Jesus. Hey, Keisha, you done? Can your boy get one? What? Y'all ain't got none. Y'all doing good. Y'all doing wonderful. All right, let me go ahead and tell you about the let me go ahead and tell you about the juice. Let me tell you about the juice. That juice represents the blood of Jesus. That juice represents the blood that was spilt out of Jesus' body. What does that blood have to do with anything? Oh, it's got a lot to do with everything. Because of our sin, because of Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, death has to happen. There has to be payment for sin. There has to be payment for sin. Death has to happen. But because God crossed his arms, that doesn't have to be our payment. That doesn't have to be our death. That doesn't have to be our blood that is shed for our sins. But that can be the blood of Jesus shed for you and for me. So as you take the cracker, as you drink the juice, do it in remembrance. Do we have enough for everybody? Sweet. Everybody get one?
All right. Thank you. At least it was this one. I dropped the body. That's better than dropping the blood. All right, let's, uh, let's partake in the cracker together. Let's partake in the cracker. Do this. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. This is the body that was broken for you. Take your juice cup. Once again, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. This represents the blood of Jesus that was poured out, that was spilt for your atonement for your sins. This is the blood that was required for the punishment and the payment of sin that Jesus gave for us. Amen. Let's stand together. You can either leave your cups in your seat or you can take them and put them in the trash on the way out. Whichever one you want to do is fine. Come on up, band. Larry, come here. Y'all, this is Larry Johnson. Everybody say hello, Larry. Larry, say hello. Larry, I want you to pray for us this Easter Sunday. I love you. I appreciate the friendship that we have. I hope it continues to grow. I want you to pray for all of us this Easter today, thanking the Lord uh, for his payment that he did for us through Jesus Christ. Will you pray for us today, my man? Okay, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful for this opportunity to be a part another Easter Sunday. We're thankful for what it stands for, for what it means. We're thankful that you so loved us, that you was willing to leave heaven, come down to planet Earth, go through all the you went through, the beating, the, the, the way they talked about you and everything else. But you did it because you loved us. And you paid a tremendous price for our salvation. And because you live, we can face tomorrow. Right. And we have the greatest opportunity that we've ever had to lift up your name to glorify you because you have come and paid and did so much for us. Your love is greater than any love that we could ever uh, uh, think about. But because you loved us so much, you took our place paid a tremendous price, hung on the cross, shed your blood that we might be washed and cleansed from sin, and then went to the grave and died and came forth on this Sunday morning that we celebrate. And because you live, we can have that glorious hope that only comes because of what you've done for each one of us. We're thankful for you. We love you. We appreciate you. 
Thank thee for this church. We thank thee for each one. And I pray that each one of us would be mindful of what you've done for each one of us. Because of the price you paid, you made it possible that we could have a home in glory and be with you. Looking forward to that day you return and call us home to be with you. What glorious day that would be. Be great if you'd come to, on this Easter Sunday. But Lord, that may not, probably not your will. But you are coming back and we're grateful for that. We love you. We thank you for what you've done. We thank thee for the love that you've shed abroad. Thank you for the price you paid that we might have this glorious freedom. And we thank you for this day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Larry. I wouldn't be that upset if the Lord just took us all home right now, I'll be honest with you. Wouldn't that be great? Thanks, Larry. Let's give God praise today.